Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, it's Tuesday, February the 21st. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's episode. Hope you're okay. Coming up, you can find out how virtual wards are reducing bed blocking at Kent's biggest hospital, plus why we're all being encouraged to have a chat to a stranger. But first, the Kent Online podcast can reveal that security guards have had to be brought in to try and deal with antisocial behaviour at a hobby craft store in Kent. Now, it's after reports of trouble involving young people at the store at St Peter's Wharf in Maidstone. Our reporter Sean McPolin joins me now to chat more about this one. So Sean, what's been happening? Well, we've been told that a gang of children have been abusing workers and customers at the store in the evening and at night. Um, Staff have even had to close the front doors on occasions with the shoppers still inside um, to try and stop the youngsters from getting in, um, causing damage and making a mess. Um, now, none of the staff we spoke to wanted to be named, but one told uh, Kent Online that the problem has been going on for a few weeks now and it's been progressively getting worse. And they even described how workers have been shouted at, um, verbally abused and threatened, and that there's been paint thrown around the store. And for anyone who doesn't know where the store is, Sean, can you just describe it for us? Yeah, so St Peter's Wharf is right in the, the town centre. It's right next to the river in Maidstone. Um, and it's also found uh, in between Asda Living, um, Home Sense, TK Maxx and The Range. And one worker at The Range, actually, who um, didn't want to be named. And they confirmed that the, the youngsters have been causing chaos around the, the car park and the, the shopping park and seem to be targeting the arts and crafts store in particular. Um, similarly, Asda said that they were aware of the problems, but they haven't had any any sort of problems in store themselves or experienced um, any of the antisocial behaviour. Uh, we did get in contact with Hobbycraft, um, but they declined to comment on the matter. But they did tell us that police um, haven't been informed. Sean, thank you ever so much. You can also read that story today by heading to the website. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you. And a Folkestone man's been found guilty of sexually assaulting a 19-year-old woman who got into his van after mistaking it for a taxi. Peter Rochford found her walking alone after a night out in the town centre last September. The 45-year-old from Ashley Avenue denied four charges but has been convicted following a trial. He'll be sentenced in April. Police investigating the alleged rape of a schoolgirl in Kent have confirmed they found no evidence of an assault taking place. Four boys were arrested earlier this month after claims of an attack in Dover. The force says they've been released without charge. A husband and wife who joined a people smuggling ring to earn money to pay off their debts have been sentenced. Their van was stopped by border force officers at the Channel Tunnel Terminal in France in 2019 and two men were found hiding inside sofas. 48-year-old Nicholas Forward from Chesterfield in Derbyshire has been jailed for three years. His wife Pamela, who's 45, has been given a suspended sentence at Canterbury Crown Court. A former Big Brother contestant from Kent has been cleared of sexually assaulting a child. 36-year-old Callum Nell from Maidstone worked as a deputy head teacher in Aylesford and was on trial accused of 12 charges, all of which he denied. He appeared on the reality show back in 2013 and broke down in tears when he was found not guilty. Now, next today, the Kent Online podcast has been hearing how virtual wards are helping to reduce bed blocking at Kent's biggest hospital. Delays 
in discharging patients can often have a knock-on effect, meaning people who've been taken to A&E struggle to be admitted to a ward. When now, tech has been brought in to monitor patients at home rather than keeping them at Medway Maritime. It's also a lot cheaper for the NHS. It costs around £657 a day to stay in hospital, but just £187 to recover at home. Well, Jackie Hammond is a nurse at the hospital in Gillingham and she's been speaking to our reporter, John Nerden. So it's very important for the patients to actually recover in their own environment. Patients do better when they're at home, especially with rehabilitation. One gets deconditioned when they are in a hospital because you actually have your bed and your chair and there isn't much for you to do. So you don't rehabilitate, hence you do not recover quickly. So it allows the patient to be empowered in their care. And actually, most patients living with um, chronic conditions, they know how to look after themselves better, even under acute phase. I normally don't like talking about the cheaper version of care because, yes, it frees a bed up for somebody who is in ED to also accommodate that bed and get that quick attention to optimise them. And to be fair, um, a hospital environment isn't the right environment for recovery. Mainly because if they've been able to diagnose you and started a treatment pathway which you are recovering from, then it, it makes sense to go home, eat your own food. How does Medway compare with other hospitals? So Medway is way ahead with, um, for when, it, when you th- talk about virtual pathways because we started doing um, virtual world or started a virtual concept since 2010. In 2016, we actually merged both the medical and the surgical aspect of the virtual pathways together. And um, we've been looking after various patients. So we are not fixated on one specialty. Every adult patient that wants to benefit from getting recovering in their own homes can be admitted through our virtual pathway. So we've got the patient um, remote monitoring device that we use for our virtual patients. And this allows us to actually record the patient's vital signs remotely and we can actually observe what's going on with the patient at home on our dashboards and if there's any concerns we can actually call the patient on video this also allows the patient to chat with us so they can send us text messages to tell us if there's any concerns and then we can schedule a call to ensure that they're okay or schedule a face-to-face and go to visit the patient in their homes so jackie what, what type of people can wear these so all ages can wear this device young people elderly people we've had 100 year old patients that actually wear it and it's all about sort of making it simple for that person's understanding so that they they sort of use it safely kent online reports two suspected drug dealers have appeared in court after police found crack cocaine heroin and a weapon in gravesend officers raided a property in the town centre and seized mobile phones as well as the drugs and an extendable baton. The men who are in their late 20s have been remanded in custody and are due at Crown Court next month. Asylum seekers are going to be moved into a hotel near Gravesend despite concerns about the impact it could have on local services. The Home Office confirmed plans to use the Granby and Norfleet to house up to 70 people last month. Gravesham Council are angry that a letter they sent didn't get a formal response and are urging the government to reconsider 
consider. Now, as you may have heard, another earthquake has hit Turkey, killing at least six people and injuring hundreds. The area is still recovering from the disaster two weeks ago, which wiped out whole towns and cities. There are also concerns about how it'll impact the country's reputation as a holiday destination. Dr Mark Hampton is a lecturer in tourism management at the University of Kent, and he's been speaking to our colleagues at KMTV. It's going to be a problem. I mean, it's the poorer end of the country the eastern part up towards Syria. Um, so it's, it's a poorer part than, say, around Istanbul anyway. Um, so, yeah, they're gonna, there's going to be a challenge about getting the, the aid in. Uh, you know, that's going to be the first priority. Um, in terms of tourism, the interesting thing is that where we're talking about where the disaster has happened is still very much a, a smaller part of tourism. You know, in Turkey, the tourism is sort of concentrated around Istanbul, the Mediterranean and Aegean coasts, and inland to places like Pamukkale with the famous hot springs. So... It, it, there's only a very relatively small number of tourists in the area. I think my big concern is what going to be for the image of Turkey. You know, when there was the terrible tsunami in Thailand in 2004, that took quite a long time to recover. And my worry would be that people will see these pictures and uh, want to cancel their holidays. And yet you're talking four or five hundred miles away, you know. Kent Online reports. Now, a Maidstone firefighter has revealed how stopping to have a conversation saved another man's life. Sam has spoken out as the charity Samaritans launch a campaign encouraging all of us to have a chat with someone if we're worried about them. I've been having a chat to Sam from Maidstone. I was driving to work uh, on a uh, wet and cold January evening, um, driving in for a night shift, and I spotted a gentleman standing by the side of the road, um, and he just looked out of place, really. The the clothes he was wearing weren't really appropriate for the conditions. Uh, It was a very dark area. And I just got that feeling in my stomach when when something's just not quite right. Initially, I drove past, but but like I say, I had that feeling and I felt I needed to do something. So I turned around, drove back, and he was still standing there. Uh, and I was struck with a, a feeling of, um, I mean, what do you say to someone that that's in this situation? Um, but then I I remembered a video that I'd seen, which was a small talk save lives video I'd seen on Facebook, which is a video put out by the Samaritans. And basically, the video uh, portrays someone making an intervention, approaching someone, uh, and it basically gave me the skills to know what to say. And what was it that you did say to him, Sam? Because as you say, you initially, even though you had that gut feeling, you did initially drive past, which I'm sure a lot of people would do, but you turned around and and went back. What did you say to him? Yeah, that's right. I drove past it. And there's a feeling that, that he might just say to me, go away, you know, and that he doesn't want to engage with someone. But I felt just by approaching him, saying hello, asking if he was all right um, and seeing what response I got. If he did tell me to go away, then, then kind of so be it. At least I, I tried. And he might have been fine. He might have just been genuinely kind of standing as part of having a walk. Um, but but I, I kind of, I felt that if something did subsequently happen and I hadn't made that in- intervention, like how would I feel afterwards? And that's what kind of spurred me on. And um, what was the outcome in this case, Sam? Because you did have a chat to him, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. So as I say, I approached him. Um, I had a little chat with him. Initially, he he was quite resistant to talking, but I explained to him that I was a firefighter, um, invited him to come to the station uh, for a cup of tea. After a bit more conversation, he, he agreed that he would come with me. So I got him in my car. I drove to this station, which wasn't too far away. And that was probably the best place I could have taken him, really, in that circumstance. Um, Because as soon as I got there, there was more people that that were able to assist. So one of my colleagues took him upstairs, made him a cup of tea, offered him uh, something to eat. 
while I spoke to my station manager uh, and my station manager called for an ambulance. So, um, yeah, the ambulance arrived and it was kind of a good outcome because they were able to assess him. And then with his agreement, they took him home um, to his parents. Would you say that it, it was purely that video that you happened to see online that really helped you in this case? Or did some of your firefighter training help as well? Um, to be honest, it, it was just a video. Um, I mean, as firefighters, we are quite skilled in, in all kind of, of, of different tasks. Um, but I mean, we don't receive any training on, on how to talk to someone in that circumstance. It, it's more of a police kind of incident they have trained negotiators so that video and and just the fact that I could approach someone and kind of I mean I'm not going to lie I did feel a little bit silly as I said because they they could have genuinely just just been standing outside um and not been having kind of negative thoughts but but that video just gave me that kind of um that extra kick to want to do something and I believe that anyone's got the skills to talk to someone um it, it's not a difficult thing to do once you kind of You've set your set the task in your mind um, that you're going to go and do it. You can actually follow our sister radio station, KMFM News, on socials to see the charity's video. The Kent Online podcast understands plans to bring a former cinema in Deal back into use could be submitted any day. The Regent has been derelict for more than a decade and suffered a fire last year. Campaigners have been calling for it to be returned to its former glory. Now the local council say a planning application is imminent. You can see pictures of the site on Kent Online today. Elsewhere, plans to build 52 flats with just 10 parking spaces on an estate in Dover have been described as ridiculous. People living on Melbourne Road say they already struggle to find somewhere to park and are worried a new apartment block will make the problem worse. Developers, though, reckon those who move in won't need cars as it's so close to the town centre and public transport. You can let us know what you think today by leaving a comment on the story. Kent Online News. This is one of our most read stories on the website. A restaurant run by a celebrity chef in Folkestone is closing after just six months as the cost of living crisis continues to impact businesses. Mark Sargent set up the Brasserie MS last August but says tough trading conditions mean they can no longer operate. Well, Louis Walker has more on this one for us and quite a surprise, Louis. Yes, absolutely. Mainly because the restaurant had only just been added to the Michelin Guide a few weeks ago. You may remember the former Roxalk head chef, took over the site in 2022 and promised classical French cuisine in Art Deco surroundings. And it only opened last August. We've had a statement from Mr Sargent. What does it say? Well, he starts off by saying he's announcing the closure with great sadness. He goes on to thank his wonderful customers, employees and suppliers and says he couldn't have done it without them. He adds it's not been an easy decision, but as you mentioned earlier, tough trading conditions and the uncertain future have left him no choice. And finally, and quite importantly, what about if you've booked to eat there? We've been told customers will be compensated. It's also been revealed that payments will be made to staff and suppliers. Louis, thank you ever so much. Moving around the coast to Dover now, and the town has been revealed as the dog waste capital of Kent. There have been more reports from residents there than anywhere else in the county over the last two years. Across Kent, more than 2,500 incidents were recorded, but only 1% resulted in a fine. Council bosses say it is a difficult issue to tackle. A rare gold ring found by 
why a metal detectorist on Sheppey has gone on display at Hampton Court Palace. It was discovered near Sherland Hall in Eastchurch and is believed to be a Tudor heirloom owned by Anne Boleyn's family. We've shared a picture of it today on our socials. And another incredible find, a Bronze Age relic discovered on a beach in North Kent, is believed to be the oldest shoe ever found in the UK. The artefact is around 3,000 years old and is thought to have been worn by a child aged two or three years old. It measures just 15 centimetres in length and you can see pictures of it again on our socials or by heading to the website. Kent Online Sport. An athletic stadium in Ashford has reopened after a £1 million investment. A new track's been laid at the Julie Rose Stadium, which was built in 1997. The gym and exercise studio has also had a revamp and bosses say they're looking forward to hosting big sporting events. And a teenager from Margate is becoming an international athlete after getting a life-saving liver transplant from her dad. Lily Beckett was born with a condition that blocks the tubes carrying bile to the gallbladder and her parents were told she might not live past the age of five. Well, her dad donated his organ and she's made a full recovery. The 15-year-old will represent Great Britain in the World Transplant Games in April. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning. That's via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.